Shut up, I love it. I'm standing high above the center of Los Angeles, for generations the crossroads of the world, a world that'll soon play host to three people who have decided to take a break from their everyday lives and embark on a podcast around the world for Shut Up! I love it. I am world's strongest man, Joe Cabello, and I am here with... Sasha Filer, and this is one of the best intros for Shut Up! I love it. A podcast where we invite a special guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, anything that needs a little love. And this is a warm spot, warm place where you can talk about it freely. Joining us today. Oh my God, y'all. We're so excited. She's an actress and singer currently in Poker Face on Peacock and best known as Sally in the hit movie Nice Out. She's played one of the daughters in Fiddler on the Roof and her writer-directed debut Mama Mama is in Post. Welcome Carrie Francis. I love it. Yay, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for that intro. Oh my gosh, that made me so excited. That that little amazing race themed <laughs> intro. <laughs> Carrie, please tell us what are you here to talk about today? I am here to talk about my unending love for The Amazing Race. Okay, this is crazy because you reached out, which was, very, which was very exciting, and you said, look, I have a few topics to offer, but The Amazing Race is my number one. And then you kind of described the mythos of Amazing Race in your family. Can you just like start with the place that Amazing Race has in your Ooh. family? Can, can I stop that though? Because I just don't want to uh, screw this up for anybody who doesn't know what the show is. We should probably introduce the show, explain what it is, because this podcast is being listened all over the world. So what is the show that we're talking about, Carrie? So The Amazing Race, which premiered in 2001, is a wonderful show, 34 seasons deep. Wow. It's now in multiple countries all around the world, and it follows teams of two who quite literally do an amazing race around the entire world over a period of about three weeks. And in each episode, they face two kinds of challenges, and a detour and a roadblock. And they have to complete these challenges and anything else that comes their way in a limited amount of time and then get to their next destination. Each destination is a surprise, each roadblock, each clue, each everything is a total mystery. Um, and we see them compete for first prize, which is a million dollars. So that started, what, in 2001? It's a yeah, part so of they, Americana. Mm-hmm. They filmed it, um, they filmed the show in 2000 and then it came out right around I, I don't have the exact dates we could look it up but right around um the world trade center happening and i believe that it really partially took off because people were not traveling then and mm. you know they were kind of staying in like there was a, a travel reduce and so this had been filmed before that happened but now people were a little afraid to go places or get on planes for a short duration. And so they were watching other people travel. And I think that that had a lot to do with its first year of success. 
Um, and I just think the timing's really interesting that they filmed it and got it out, you know, right before that happened, because I'm not sure if the show would exist if it had been a year later. That's really interesting. I had no idea about that connection to its release. And that does make total sense of why that like would hit at the perfect moment to make it a hit. That's cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the airport does play a big part of the show, especially for like the first two thirds of the season. So it's almost as though the airport is its own character. Mm. Like New York might be <laughs> in a movie. Um, so interesting. Uh, and then since we now know what we're talking about, Carrie, what does this show mean to your family and to you? Totally. So a few years ago, um, I got Lyme disease really bad. And if you're from the East Coast or the tri-state area, you know, tick-borne illnesses are no joke. And I got Lyme and a bunch of other tick-borne stuff at the same time. And I was knocked out. And so I had been going 150 miles an hour. You know, my theater career was constantly on the rise. My voiceover career, my commercial career, I was in New York every day just like really burning out and i always say luckily i got bit by a tick because i had to stop and i was very very sick like i before i got diagnosed i would be like driving and suddenly not know where i was you know it was not just a physical illness but it's neurological there's a, a very big neurological element to lyme disease and also you're exhausted and so I got diagnosed, I got the medicine, the medicine made it even worse for me. And essentially I was living at home with my mom and my two dogs and I was asleep like an unbelievable amount of time every single day for months. And I was miserable and I was in so much pain and I would just cry all the time. And I think out of desperation, one day out of nowhere, my mom said, Hey, have you ever seen The Amazing Race? It kind of feels like when you're distracting a toddler who will not stop crying. You're like, look over here. Look at this shiny thing. And I said, no. And I basically was able to stay awake for about 45 minutes at a time before I fell asleep again. And the show is about 45 minutes without commercials. And she said, here, here, but you know, watch this first episode and you'll feel like you're not stuck here. You'll feel like you're traveling and you'll, you'll get to watch this exciting show. And I put it on reluctantly and I watched every single season. At that point, I think it was like 27, 28 seasons straight through. And it just became such an important part of that healing for me. I mean, I was out of commission for 18 months. And for someone who has been a very high achiever and never stopped for anything, to have 18 months of downtime, um, which now we can all kind of understand after the pandemic. But at that point, I really couldn't understand it. And that's what I spent a lot of it doing was just being with my dogs, being with my family and watching The Amazing Race. And it became this really large part of getting back on my feet. And um, yeah, I mean, now it's kind of just an ongoing thing. You know, one of my birthdays in the pandemic, um, my mom had done like an Amazing Race themed birthday for me in her house. Oh so she made gosh. every room in the house. I know. I want to preface it by saying I did a big brother birthday for her the same year. So That's this adorable. You two are very close, huh? You know, we're we're very close and we're we're very different. So it's a kind of a typical mother daughter, think very like New Jersey Italian enmeshed family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm actually very independent. So that can that can cause some problems. Is this therapy that we're doing? <laughs> hey, no, it's, this it sounds like we're in that road. Yeah. No, yes, we are very close. And um, I think we have that same language of doing special things for people in our family. And so I had done a big brother 
um, birthday for her in January of 2021. And I think she essentially was like, uh, me too, I'm gonna do that too. And so she did Amazing Race and just turned each room in our house into like a different country. And there was like a different activity and, you know, it was, it was silly and goofy, but it was very sweet, um, especially because she's not as crafty, you know, like she's not, oh, you know. She's not listening. <laughs> yeah, what a diss. She would know, crafty. it is not one of her gifts. You know, I made us like um, matching shirts with my Cricut and like heat press them, you know, like I go all out and she kind of got like a bunch of construction paper, but it was really sweet and it almost means more when someone doesn't have those skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, like me wrapping presents. I'm, there you go. I'm so bad at it. Like it's it's really, I think my 11 month old daughter would do a better job at wrapping a gift <laughs> than I do. So I usually either, I actually usually make my husband wrap gifts for anybody that I, <laughs> you know, I uh, need a wrapping for, or like, but, but for him, I like on purpose don't have anybody else wrap it. I'm like, cause I just know that like, he will appreciate the effort. Like you can see yeah. the effort behind it. It's terrible. It's yeah, awful. totally. There's so much tape used. Like, like why there's yeah, so much you tape. have to tape down all these bulges that are coming out. <laughs> the yeah. inside and outside. It's it's the whole thing. But yeah, um, well that's cool. So amazing race. Uh, lucky you then, Carrie, because it's just not stopping. It's just <laughs> it's just going. Hopefully, and going. yeah. And you know, it's really different now. If you were able to watch any of the older episodes versus if you watched a newer episode, it's really changed, especially in the last. I would say like five, six, seven seasons because it's a world now, it's almost like we could look at it as like a study in like society because social media didn't exist, right? And people didn't have mm. cell phones and nobody really knew what this show was or cared about being on TV. There wasn't influence or culture wanting to have an audience. And so they could run around airports and not have people stop them all the time. They could, you know, mm. um, not be like secretly filmed and put on YouTube by people that are just passersby. Um, and I think just the way the airports and travel have changed so much that now they fly them around on a plane. And so it's taken the element out of having to desperately get that first flight before anyone else and the pressure that it builds and just the extra element it adds to the the show is different now. It feels a little bit more um, planned more thoroughly, especially since the pandemic, to make sure that they can actually do the whole production and get this show to CBS. Or another word would be produced, right? A reality show, you might describe it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. more produced. Um, I'm not really a reality TV show person, which I know is interesting because here we are talking about a reality TV show. Everybody has their one, at least. I think yes. everybody has their one. Yeah, totally. And I think that there's something special about Amazing Race in reality TV because so many reality shows from what I've seen and heard, they just stay in one primary location, whether that is something like Survivor or Big Brother, where they're literally stuck somewhere. Or, you know, like the housewives, right? They have different homes, but they're in the city that the housewives is for. There's really not a show to me that stands out like this that's a reality show and brings you all over the world and lets you see places and every single episode is so different than the last episode. It really, it felt really crazy because uh, I guess let's, Sasha, you and I are little experienced with the show. I've known about it forever. Um, I'm actually really surprised that you only started watching it, you know, semi-recently compared to its 2001 release. I thought maybe you'd be a fan from the get-go. And I think I've watched a couple episodes throughout time, maybe when it was on. 
but never really got into it. And for this, uh, I watched the first episode of the first season and then the newest, the first episode of what I think might be the newest season, whatever the newest season on Hulu is, like 33 or 34 or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and just watching them both, I couldn't help but think, oh, this must have changed so much as far as how difficult it was to shoot, even just with technology. You know, they were probably using these like Sony hand cams for season one. And then there got to a point where the TV broadcast level of camera was bigger than those Sony's. And then it got to the level where the better looking camera is smaller. So I wonder how that looked like of just these cameramen even running around getting this without fucking up this whole country or airport or wherever they are. Yeah, I know they travel with one cameraman and one sound person. So each team is assigned those two people. And then there's the producers that like run in between them. But you can see, especially in the first several seasons, you see glimpses of the camera people in the background of other shots. And I know they try their best like not to do that, but there's no way to yeah. not do that in this show. And it is interesting to see the camera, like the literal camera change throughout mm. the episodes and the way, again, they're trying to make it more polished and more production when really that's the secret sauce of the show. It is not polished and mm-hmm. it, you do see the camera people and you know these people are running around like, you know, crazy. So you want it to know, be messy. Yeah. To the point where one of the episodes that I watched on your recommendation, Carrie, was um, uh, like the cameraman gets hurt. Yes. And season seven. Yes. Yeah. Tell us, tell us more about it. So that <laughs> seems like a standout, standout moment that definitely you, you had something to say about. This episode is, uh, it's season seven, episode five. Season seven is one of my favorite seasons. It's currently on Netflix, so almost anyone can see it. Um, It has some classic teams in it. And this episode is a real doozy. It's a two-hour episode. And a lot of things happen. Um, The first being that there's an elderly team. There's almost always an elderly team. We can really track the teams every season as fitting in certain categories. And the elderly team is usually out early. Not this elderly team. They were in it to win it. I believe they placed fourth overall, which is really crazy. And um, it was a married couple, and the woman falls. They, they go into like a, a, a deep cave to get a clue, and she trips and falls and busts her whole face open. And it, it looks really Ooh. gruesome. And you see the medics have to come, and you see that she just figures out how to carry on and does the next task, you know, completely bloodied and bandaged. Um, and that she's making jokes the whole time about how she really wants a facelift. Um, you know, she wanted a facelift. I guess this is it. And. <laughs> Um, just her spirit is so encouraging that if I fell in a dark cave in a country that I'm not familiar with while I'm in the middle of filming a reality show and I'm starving and I'm tired and I'm dirty and they had just done this task and they did it incorrectly so they had to go back, I would be hysterical. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, oh, oh well, gonna get that face lift. <laughs> um, and then later in the episode, Brian and Greg Smith, who actually are actors here in LA, they're um, brothers. Mm. And um, I want to say one of them's on The Big Bang Theory, like well known from that. Um, but they've done a lot of sitcom work, both of them. And they get in a car accident driving through the deserts of not I don't know if deserts the right word in Africa. Um, they're it's driving sandy and like dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, and their car flips, and um, it's the same episode. And the cameraman gets really hurt and has to be like taken. And you can see the anguish 
on their brothers' faces and in their voices, and they can't believe that this happened, and they feel so guilty and bad for hurting someone that's there making this show about them. Um, you know, we, we don't see it addressed again. We don't, there's no like, they've gotten a new cameraman and everything's fine, or this guy was okay, or we don't get that follow-up, but we do see them have to, again, make that shift and say, we're gonna keep going. And they were so convinced they were out in that episode, and it became a foot race between two teams, and they outran the other team. And just the emotions that pour out of these contestants, you know, to flip a car in the middle of Africa, hurt someone, and have to leave him there on the ground, with total strangers and then still get to this destination, do the task and literally eat this other team by a few seconds. It really represents to me this episode, what the whole show to me is, which is a story of overcoming, right? And just a comeback kid story. And you think there's no way this team is not gonna get out. Like they've just had a really bad accident. They're way far behind. You don't see it coming. And then they end up winning that leg. Um, what so did they end up uh, overall, the brothers? I don't remember their overall ranking, but I do know that season seven as a whole stands out to me as an overcoming story because the finale, when it gets down to three teams, you are certain who's going to win. And if not, you're like, okay, it's going to be this other team. And spoiler alert, spoiler, it's yeah. the team way in the back who... I saw that. Yeah. yeah Which I was very can... excited because they were not having a good time in the long episode. They, they had a lot of problems, and it really, so... We can something... spoil it. We can, we can, yeah. it it's we can been spoil. 20 years for that season, right? <laughs> <laughs> 17 um, or something. They re Yeah, they really, and they were really struggling in their life, and they were on the team, like, dealing with infertility and marriage issues, and they came in last, where for a, a bulk of the seasons, if you came in last on a leg that was a non-elimination leg, you would have all your money and all your possessions taken from you. And so if that's the second leg, you didn't get eliminated, but now you have no bags, no clothes, none of the money that's provided to them every episode. Um, and that had happened to this team. So they had no money. And I want to say it was in Africa as well. And they needed to figure out how to get money to go do the task and then how to get money for the cab ride to the airport and then how to get money, you know, to get something to eat. And they were begging for money and they got to the finale first and they had no money to pay their cab driver and there's Whoa. a rule on the amazing race that you have to pay so they're, they're literally at the finish line like they could see oh, it no. and they had to like run around this empty parking lot and try and like find people to beg for money and you know you see like this guy being like um oh like you know you shouldn't be begging for money like you should get a job like not knowing he's on a tv show <laughs> and just like it's really interesting and they got the money and they paid the cab driver and you see them run in and it's like, you know, my personal take on The Amazing Race and something I apply to my life is that whole season, if you watched season seven knowing this couple wins, you know they win the race. So the whole time you're watching whatever struggles they encounter, when they lose all their money, when they're begging the airport, when they feel like they can't go on, whatever roadblocks come up, you know they win. And so something that developed for me over these past few years is I'll say to myself, I know I win the race. Like, I know I win. And it doesn't matter what's going on in a day-to-day -day situation. I know at the end of this season, my season, I win. And whatever that means for that time, it could be career, it could be life, it could be, you know, if there's a relationship problem, if there's whatever. You know, in other words, the outcome is going to be in my favor and it's all going to be okay and I'm going to get there and I'm going to win. I just don't know 
what's facing me between now and then. And it's a little bit corny, but it actually really works. And I, I really use it day to day in my life where if I just need a little boost, I'm like, I'm going to win. I win the race. And I know that already. And so what can I do today that is leading me to that outcome? I when love you that. Say, I love that so much. Uh, when you say um, they know uh, the inspiration, that, the inspiration that came for you, uh, you mean they know because it's they believed in that, that that couple? Or is it because... No, no, I'm just saying, like, when I'm watching it, yeah, as, yeah. like, if I've seen, you know, or, especially. Yeah, yes, yeah. rewatching, <laughs> or, um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if someone is, is watching the race and they know the outcome, that they can kind of laugh and have a different response to all these struggles, like, you don't know, you don't know you're yeah, It's win. more inspiring knowing the outcome in, in yeah. that case. It reminds yeah, me of the right. Jewish saying that is, the end is always good, so if things aren't good right now, it's not the end. Love which it. I've, I've used many times, uh, because it is, yeah, when you're basically down and out, that's okay. You're going to get through it. Um, and uh, so. I, I like that a lot. Uh, watching something, knowing the outcome, because then you are almost like present in two different states at that time. You're present as the future version of yourself who knows the outcome, but also that you can't help and being in this moment on, in this race with the characters that you're watching. So... Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think of it often for my own situations as like the future Sasha like has the wisdom. Like the future version of me, I learned it in one meditation course that I took. Like that person, if a year from now, that person would be like, everything is cool. Like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You'll get through this. And I have a friend who is going through a lot right now. He has to put his uh, young dog da- down. Uh, she's oh. dying. Yeah. And uh, and I he is just like telling me horrible ways he's feeling on the phone the other day. And I said, dude, just think about the future version of yourself being like, you'll get through this and there's still love on the other side. And uh, this is where Shut Up, I Love It gets very therapeutic and emotional. <laughs> this, is that time. this episode is therapy. We know it already. It's kind of my thing. Yeah. You know, I always say I could find deep meaning in a can of corn. Because it's true. I just, no matter what, I see these really big, deep meanings in everything. And it's interesting you brought that up because a year ago, my dog died. And my dog and I were partners and everything. You know, we'd we'd been together for 12 years. And I always tell people that that version that you need to handle that situation is born in that moment, right? When you literally, like, you've birthed a child. Um, Well, actually, I shouldn't assume that. But you had a child. Okay. Um, (laughs) You're like, she yep, yes, out. No, yes, but yes. <laughs> right. And we hear we hear a lot about how like you're born into a mother. Like, you can't imagine giving birth until you're literally giving birth. Like that is not something people do day to day in their life or, you know, some any other big situation in life. You can't imagine it until you're thrown into it. And that version of you is born in that moment. I love that. And yeah, and a year ago at this time, I was thinking about this earlier today. I could not have pictured my life and this version of myself where I'm at right now. Like if I, I had a moment today where I left this really big fancy meeting that I had and I was eating lunch in Beverly Hills and I was looking around, I was so happy. I, I like was like welling up and I was looking at what I was eating, which is uh, new for me. I'm like trying to eat, trying to eat so I don't die. Um, I'm trying to eat, you know, foods that have protein and um, like I've just added eggs and dairy and stuff back into my diet after like 20 some years. And 
If you told me what I would have been eating, if you told me what I would have been wearing, if you told me where I would have been coming from or where I would have been going, if you told me where I would be staying, like there is not a part of me that saw that coming. And that is what The Amazing Race is to me. You don't see it coming. You don't see who's gonna get eliminated. You, you can be so certain. Um, season 19, would <laughs> just be so cool until you have all this memorized. Like <laughs> know, season 19, nice. <laughs> like, there's this team who are, um, they're professional snowboarders and they are, oh my God, they win every single leg. And you're like, should I watch this? Because why bother? They're gonna win the whole thing. And they get out in fourth place and nobody sees it coming. I mean, nobody, the host is like in shock. Um, and I love that, right? Like even if it came it's out of best. trauma and pain and grief and you know, real heartbreak, the things that have come out of losing Henry, my dog, um, it's life-changing. Yeah, uh, losing a dog is definitely like one of the hardest things I feel like yeah. a human could go through. I myself like, you know, lost two of my dogs within basically less than a year and one was a 10 year old and one was a two and a half year old. Oh. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's like one of the hardest things a human can go through. And I think that's probably also the type of personality you are, Carrie, that appreciates teamwork in general, who then falls for Amazing Race, the show, because if you have a dog, you know that there's no team like you and your dog. Like it's mm -hmm. just it's just a one unit, mm -hmm. and it's just something you look out for in people and just others. It's probably mm -hmm. teamwork. And the other aspect, the other theme that Amazing Race, of course, is all about, is what is this team like in uh, high stakes situations that Amazing Race will present? The cracks will show, or the cracks will show, and then the team will work through them. And this is why it's very interesting to see how people get sometimes nasty with each other. And you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, it's like it, with, with the interesting uh, couple, I think it was Dana. And I can't remember the guy's name who had to walk like a really narrow bridge in that same long episode. Because yes. they do like pretty, pretty much what is impossible to me. I couldn't walk in this. Like, what do you yeah. describe that as like super high? It's like very high, very Rickety. high, like abyss. I'd freeze. Like, I would absolutely freeze. Yeah, I, I mean, you just you just want to like, I, I, yeah, you just want to go home and cry, like when you look at the <laughs> thing underneath your feet. And both of them do it, and they get a crazy advantage, right? I think it's a fast forward type of yeah. um, thing they get. And so, but then at the end of the episode, they lose the foot race to the brothers that you mentioned yeah. before. And she's like kind of being positive about it in the sense that when the host asked them, so how's your relationship going to go from now on in the one-on-one -on -one interview? She's like, it's going to be fine. I just hope he like starts understanding that um, it's like about two people. It can't be like a one-way street, whatever is it that they're going through. He, on the other hand, he's like, I don't know if I can be with her because I didn't feel like she has enough of a competitive streak that I wanted her he's to have. terrible. He is one of the worst. He's one of the worst, like, right? Grossest. Yeah. yeah, he's really and not a nice person. There's a couple, um, I think it's, it's either the season right before, like season six or season five. There's a couple who, where the man is not only verbally abusive the entire time, he gets physically abusive. He slams the oh, woman wow. like into a wall, he pushes her. He is a film director who got a whole career out of it and makes actual big movies. And it's the only person, I actually can't watch the season. And I am constantly like 
how does no one know that this guy is actually yeah. abusive? It's on and broadcast on reality show? TV. Yeah. Like, and he got a career out of it. So I'm sorry. What year was it when it came out? <laughs> so season six, I want to say it is, um, would have been. George like Bush years, I feel like. 2004 ish, yeah. I would imagine, <laughs> is when they filmed it. But even now, like, this guy should be so fully canceled. And I think that because not a lot of people know about the show and surely aren't watching season six, they don't even know that this guy, you know, was horrible. But there's actually a lot of um, heterosexual relationships throughout this show where there's very clear abuse and there's very clear power mm -hmm. situations between the man and the woman. And the woman just doesn't know. And there's, you know, like small town minors and you think she doesn't know her worth, she doesn't know her worth, and then she finally stands up to her husband and it's like, you better stop, you know, stop like talking like this. And there's a huge shift. So there are some problematic, upsetting, you know, relationships on the show, but you do see how do people communicate and how do they work through. I have a theory that the ones that communicate the healthiest and are nicest to each other and, you know, support each other in terms of not snapping or not projecting onto each other always end up winning. But they also win Ooh. in life. They also win in okay. life. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, because they're yeah. anchoring each other or one person's anchoring them. And I noticed, like, just in the seasons I watched, there was always almost like the archetypes you were referring to. Like, there's always the groups. There is always, like, the kind of machismo. Yep. Like, I know what's going on. She doesn't. They almost, like, feel like they'd rather be doing it alone and, like, uh, having their partner my there. My favorite show is just yeah, that's true shout out <laughs> and they're just like dragging this woman along is how they feel you know and, and they just like can't do anything right like the the woman she just can't do anything right yeah. or, there there are a couple male male partners there's cousins that are on a few seasons um and they coin themselves as the afghanimals and one of them often is off screen going oh, i should have done this i should have done this one like he can't he doesn't have this skill but i do like i you know mm. and i went to this school and he went to that school and so you know i'm better at and I just always think, like, do you not hear it? Do you not hear yourself? Like, this is your family member. This is your cousin. And you're talking that poorly about them on camera? Well, but that's really? what the producers do, right? That's what reality shows can do. They can pull out also, of people yeah. <laughs> uh, the things that they should not be saying ever. Uh, forget yeah. about the national television. Like, just don't. Don't say those things. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of um, competitors from The Amazing Race who have gone on to create careers sort of from it, or at least are in the public light. You know, we see Mike White and his dad, so um, the White Lotus, Mike White, um, and School of Rock. Um, for, you know, he's on three seasons, I want to say. He and his elderly How do they dad. do? And they, they do pretty okay. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I, it wasn't like a big story that his dad eventually passed away, or is that, I'm making it up. I don't know. I don't think that he passed, but um, in the final one that they were on, which I believe was season... 18 season 18 or yeah season 18 um they left like second because they he he couldn't do it he, you know uh, his body was just not able to yeah um they had to get like into an ambulance and get warmed up and you know we're having like hypothermia um and that's okay he was in his like 70s so well it so was sense. this older couple that you <laughs> brought up earlier <laughs> with the broken face and great attitude uh there's just yeah i saw these people together and i was like I mean, like we all wish we have a partner at the end of our life that we can get an adventure like that and just be kind of like scurrying along and being like, hey, careful, you bad driver. But, you know, like meaning well, 
Um, yeah, I really like those people. I hope they're still around and are okay. Uh, as of the last time I Googled them, because you guys, I mean, I have a real problem. I really <laughs> love this show. I'm learning. It's great well, for the Especially episode. when it's been like 15, 20 years since the first season, and maybe you watch that and you're like, okay, yeah. I really want to know where they're at now. Yeah. So how are they doing? Please yes, give us they, an update. They are still alive as of as of last check, so everything's Good. okay. There are people on Reddit who like really take this seriously, and they've got like constant updates. Um, there's been a lot of divorces, of course, over the year, and a lot mm. of... Um, couples that split up the the very first team that won um nope second team the very second team that won um I've weirdly become quasi friends with that winner through a producer friend which I didn't realize like you know I got on a call with a producer a couple years ago and I later realized it was her brother and I almost lost my mind like I really was like more excited about the fact that it was her brother they're both great people they're both wonderful people but I did have a moment of because those first few Fan seasons, girl. ooh, you better believe it. I, listen, I'm with celebrities of a stupid amount, and I don't care. I, my family has a beach house next to a really big reality star who's friends with other reality stars. I don't care. I haven't seen their shows. Like, my career has me inundated with A-list people. I don't care. But the winner of the second season of The Amazing Race Instagram messages mm-hmm. me sometimes. That's yeah. yeah. It has yeah. to be like, to me too. Like I, I. spend enough time in places where I feel like I could get excited a lot about A-list celebrities. The most exciting thing that happened to me was talking to a winner uh, of Alone season six. It was like, I, like, I still like, I think about it. I'm I'm getting goosebumps. I'm like, motherfucker. I loved it. It was the best. Like, I just want to talk to them again. Yeah. Well, that that experience is, is, it's just a very real experience. You can connect them with, versus just like oh i've seen you in things you know it's like how was working on that movie versus how was being on an island alone for 50 days <laughs> like, uh, amazing 74. yeah yes oh, okay. <laughs> big reality tv fans will know um stassi from vanderpump i am not a vanderpumper the only time i've had any Vanderpump experiences like at dog rescue events with Lisa and her dogs, and all I want is to see the dogs, you know? But I've not watched the show, but there's a girl named Stassi, Stassi, Stassi. My family um, is a Vanderpump family, but I am the black sheep. So I've heard the you'll name. You'll know. Yeah, so you could, you could ask them. And she is on season 10 of The Amazing Race, which is the only family season. They did it once, and they were like, oh, that was a really bad idea. Was it four people? Teams? Four people teams, and they stayed only in North America. Mm-hmm. And um, it was as tragic as you think it would. I mean, it was terrible. And um, she melts down a few times. She was really primed for reality TV even then at, like, age 14. Mm-hmm. She was bred for it, just like a, a queen might be That's exactly uh, to right. a throne. So, a, oh, go. 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 Okay, I'll go. I have go. a round robin go. question for everybody. Real quick or not, it's up to you, who would you go with on an amazing race journey in your life? Oh, gosh. I'll go first. I'll Please. ask. Um, don't want to go with my husband. Uh, it's a thing for us that, like, I think we would win if I go with him, but I think our relationship would suffer from it. Like, I just don't want to see us in that situation. <laughs> okay. I-, I thought about I it heavily while I was watching the show. Yeah. Just last night, it almost sent me into a tailspin <laughs> just thinking about it because I started thinking about, okay, who would I like to, mm-hmm. who do I need to, and who uh, would I most likely win with? 
Yes. Whoa. What are the answers? Let's hear it. I, I, to be honest, I didn't think of it fully because it, the who do I need to started to send me in such a tailspin mm. of like, okay, who do I need this therapeutic mm. kind of situation mm. with? I was like, you know what? Not tonight. <laughs> I'm like, How about just want and would win with? I think I would really enjoy doing it with my sister. Mm, I can see that. I think we would have uh, a lot of fun doing it. I think there's there's uh, not so much like almost baggage. Like I would really like to do it with my wife too, but it's like, yeah, you'd, I don't want to get in a position where I would uh, show my worst side to her any more than I do. <laughs> no. Same, same, but, it's a lot. But my sister, I could show a little bit of my worst sides too. You know what I mean? Like we can do that. Um, she can take it. So yeah, those cool. are good answers. I would, I would, I think I would have the most fun with, this is like weird, like without being emotionally going through things with, and Joe, don't take it wrong, with the former co-host of Shut Up, I Love It. Oh Steven my God, we, that, we didn't need this. All right, this we already- This is taking a turn. We already know <laughs> that this is a sore spot for the podcast. No, I would, I would probably do it with you, but I feel like with Stephen Cohen, it's just like we do so much improv, like enough, that I know True. our scenes, we always pull each other out of trouble. Like we always like kind of, I don't even know how to exp explain it, but I just feel like he would not get into a spin and would not let myself get to a spin into a spin that would feel like it's more serious than just a game. So Stephen Cohen, if you're listening, I know you're going through some crazy family shit right now. God bless, and I hope that makes you feel good. Carrie, most importantly, what about you? Do you do you have those people that you want to bring up? So I actually um, have this year um, put together an audition video. Yes, um, Virginia. Yeah, with um, my friend Jax, who is. I think we'd be a good team. I have two answers to this. I think we'd be a good team because we've been friends for a couple of years, but we're still newer friends, you know, and we do a lot of work that crosses over with each other. Like I cast her in my short and I brought her on to a feature I did last fall. And, you know, we're working right now pitching different projects um, with producers. And so we have a good work rapport. And I think the comedy element, like we're just really funny together. Um, Physically, she's a little bit taller than I am. I'm coming in hot at 4'11 and a half. So I'm oh, a wow. bit petite. Yes. <laughs> um, and also, like, we've been in some higher pressure things because of our industry already. And so we handled those and usually end up, like, crying laughing. And I think we would be that quintessential, like, female team. Um, you know, there's only been, like, three teams of women that have won in all these years. And they're usually, like, gal pals who get it done. You know, like, super ambitious gal pals. So we would be that for sure. But I actually think it would be best for me to do it with a like physically strong, probably larger male, because that would balance out my mm. ability to stay extremely calm, my ability to Ooh. do um, the like mental, if there's thing mental or emotional, I just lock in. Like I can really do those things. But physically, I'm not the strongest person. I'm pretty tiny. And I don't know if I could like, when they have to do like lugging bricks or carrying things on their head. If there was an eating challenge, I would not do well. It would, I would, that would be where I would take the four hour penalty. Um, so did you apply? Did you submit? 
We did the video. Yeah. Did so you we hear just have from to, them? Like, send it. Okay. No, we haven't even because sent I the... just texted Jay while I was listening to you, and he's saying that he knows people on the show. I don't know what that means. We're gonna but get you in. Is what I'm we're just saying. freaking putting it out there because Jay used to do so much reality show that uh, uh, direct and all that. So I'm like, I don't Wait, know. Tell me who Jay is. Uh, my husband, the aforementioned oh, oh, oh. husband that I would oh, okay. not Sorry. do Amazing Race with. I would not. Um, would yeah, not. you tell him, let him know because <laughs> I am like cash money for this show. It would be, uh, you know, a lot of times on Big Brother, um, they'll have like a super fan and they kind of act like they're not a super fan because that's an easy target. And I would totally do that. I'd be like, what's this show? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> you know, because you don't want to be a target to go out super early because if the teams turn against you, they can U-turn you, they can add those challenges on top for you, um, or they just maybe don't like you. And if people don't like you, it doesn't feel good in those yeah, environments. No. Yeah. Um, the, the, yeah. The life cycle of reality shows, especially ones being on as long as this one, you we always see that there is a point where the fans start coming in. People have watched it and people who have mastered the game through study and then that changes the game completely where the the producers start to have to think, okay, what do we do for the fact that all these people know all the metas for how to, how to beat this game? And then mm -hmm. they change it up and then it continues on and then they bring back yeah. all stars and things like that. All those cliches that they do. Um, so this is kind of late to ask this in the podcast, but... I completely understand why you love it, and I'm inspired even by your love for it, but uh, what category of Shut Up, I Love It do you think it belongs into? What do you see the world, a lot of the people you talk about the show to, how do they respond? That category, for sure, is missed. You know, oh, I've never right? seen it. Mm -hmm. Overlooked, ignored. Um, I don't know if it's because it's CBS, and CBS usually is uh, seen as more of like an older person's network unless they're listening in which case hire me cbs i love you <laughs> um but i think that a lot of our generation and the younger generations are not like oh my god cbs when really cbs actually has some like total bangers but um i think unless you watch survivor or big brother and then maybe get sucked in to the amazing race what's um it? yeah i'm just trying to, yeah go ahead yeah I was yeah, trying to I remember missed. cool stories, yeah, uh, cool shows from CBS, but I couldn't. I mean, Ghosts right now is on CBS. Mm, I there think you it's go. Like right. a yes. big, like, fun show, but that's probably the only show I watch on CBS. Although, I, you know, mm -hmm. I'm sure there's got to be something else. I try and watch the pilot, at least, of everything. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think that it's just completely missed. Most people have never heard of it. Um, I recently was with some friends who are such pop culture People, they even run a business around pop culture and they had never heard of it and never seen it. And I literally, we were like, okay, put it on. Like, you're, at least watch the pilot of season seven right now, you know? Um, and it, it just shocks me how many people don't know about it. And I would not have known about it if it wasn't right. for my mom, right? So I do think there's a generational uh, interest gap and people either really love it or have never heard of it. Perfect topic for Shut Up, I Love It. Now, what would it take for you, Carrie, to do Amazing Race with your mom? A was lot it, of therapy. Uh, before like, or after or during? 
Oh, all three. Um, no, I think that when we used to watch it together, we would like basically be like, oh, I would do this one. You would do that one, you know, kind of like split it up. Um, my mom's actually getting a knee replacement next week um, because she has had knee problems for so long and um, is very hopeful that that's going to make her like able to get around even more than she already does. It often, um, it often does work out really well from what I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but she she always downplays her physical abilities. Like she kind of always acts like she is not as mobile or as strong mm. as she is. Or maybe she really isn't. And I don't know. And so she actually is just pushing herself with like my little baby nephews and, you know, stuff like that, chasing kids around. But um, I think that would be the issue is that even just like if we were to spend a day at a mall by the end of the day, she would probably be in some pain or, you know, walking a little slower. And I am a go-getter. I don't know if you can tell yet from this What's interview, your sign? So I'm a Taurus sun, oh a Virgo God. rising, and a Libra moon. Joe, the Taurus is in another the Taurus in the house. We're in the house. Oh, wait. My, my wife is a Taurus two days after me. Are you a Taurus as well also? Mm -hmm. I'm not, well? I'm not, but I'm surrounded by them. Like they're every, not, <laughs> not my husband, but they're everywhere else around me. And Can on I this guess podcast. what you are? Yeah. You're not going to guess. It's not going to work. You're going to oh, fail. Wow. But go for it. Scorpio. Well, it's close enough. Pisces. Scorpio. Scorpio is Scorpio weird. and Pisces are kind of the, the same emotional. Family, right? uh, Scorpio, Pisces, Cancer are all water signs. Yes, I know that. But uh, Scorpios, though, there, it's like the other day I asked, uh, somebody, I said, what's your sign? And she's like, it's the one that nobody likes. And I was like, Scorpio? She's like, C. And I was like, Ooh. you know? Oh so I, didn't I don't even... think that's what everyone doesn't like. I think Scorpio people are very focused and a little bit like more observant. And when they speak, it's important to listen. That's more like the Scorpio vibe for me. Sure. I don't know. I, yeah. yeah. But I, I don't have enough Scorpios in my life, but I feel like that's, that's there's some um, um, brooding. I think there's brooding element that people get hung up on with Scorpios. Yeah, yeah, and it is. I mean, I think the three, Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, that's kind of all of them in a way. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah, I, don't, Joe, I don't feel like a brooder. Joe, yeah, go, Taurus, Taurus. Are you an April or a May Taurus? May, May 4th yeah. be with you. <laughs> appropriate with the Star Wars things behind me. Um, I am May 20th, so I'm a cusp. Mm, I'm right okay. on the Gemini cusp. And I also have a Gemini stellium. When I hyperfixate on something, I hyperfixate. So whether it's The Amazing Race or it's um, astrology, I will know too much about it. But yeah, I'm like right on the cusp. And um, I have a lot of Taurus in my life also, which I think is is interesting. Um, we're we're real... Yeah, it's, you know, I think it's a combination of like luxury. I love luxury. That's one of the thoughts I have. Oh, when they I think love about to be comfortable. Those Tauruses, they love to just be comfortable. Right. right so, <laughs> how would I do disdain. like sleep in a tent? You know what I mean? Like, how would I do with like being sweaty and dirty all the time and not That's... being able to like be in my cozy? Yeah. Me, me and my wife, we would both quit early on because we'd be like, you know what? It's <laughs> fine. I, we could probably pull this off, but fuck this. Although Chad Demiani, public menace and former huge public menace <laughs> guest of uh, Shut Up, I Love It, he is a Taurus that is always sweaty and dirty. So how does that work? I we'd have to know his rising. 
You know what I mean? All right. Like, He's yeah. lying about his birthday is what it actually is. Which actually is true. It's, it's an <laughs> ongoing bit that he lies about his birthday. <laughs> Anyway, now that we've done all the inside insider jokes, um, do you oh, wait, think can I pitch something yeah, before pitch. we move on to the ratings? Uh, so, Carrie, what do you b- think about some sort of season where they pair astrologically pairs? So they do what should be technically good pairs, and then they also pair what should be bad pairs, and then see what yeah. happens. Immediate, immediately sign me up. I mean, I would watch that. <laughs> and you know what? They've done dumber concepts on this show when they're trying to do their like when they did their social media season or they did their like mm. we um, put a trump did. supporter with a refugee <laughs> it's like oh, that God. is gonna be great television <laughs> you know so yeah i think that's really uh, an interesting idea and it would blow up on tiktok for sure yeah maybe that's how we get the z's in there watching amazing race yeah oh yeah totally and now that we are ready to go to the ratings. Would you explain to us and everyone else, Joe, how do these ratings work? I will. So uh, we're going to rate The Amazing Race on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as our basis of comparison. That something else could be another reality show. You could say, hey, Big Brother is the best reality show ever, so it's a 10. Amazing Race isn't quite as good as a 7 out of 10. Or you could say, rate it on uh, cold chocolate chip cookies. They suck. They're not as good as warm. They're a 3 out of 10, and Amazing Race is a 10 out of 10 because it's like a warm chocolate chip cookie. And if that doesn't make sense, Sasha and I will go first anyway. Just so, just so you can pause for a second, I will go first, and I'll compare Amazing Race with my favorite reality show. Everyone has one, unless you're a big reality TV aficionado. You have at least one, right, Joe? Like, that's what you said. Like, you have yeah, one. Yeah, I think there's always one for somebody. They might not hook on reality TV, but they'll yeah. enjoy that one. Alone is my favorite show of all time. It's my favorite anything of all time. My Only my daughter and my dog come before Alone. Everything else and everyone else is below that, including this podcast. I don't know about that. Or my husband. I don't know about that. But um, Alone is an amazing show. It's a study of human nature, of... Um, perseverance, ingenuity, uh, craft, and uh, just, uh, you know, it's like trip, it's like watching somebody trip, but actually in the three-act structure and like being super invested. Alone is a 10, maybe 11, breaking the freaking scale. Amazing Race, I went in being a little uh, worried that I would not enjoy Amazing Race, and I would say that the only thing that I was a little bit not on board was the really fast cutting, which makes sense why it's like that. The fast pace of The Amazing Race was just making me a little dizzy. But uh, as a former editor of reality shows, I understand why that is the case. So um, I think I could see myself like really getting invested into these people and, you know, trying to bet on who's going to win, who's going to lose, and then be excited for the underdogs to win. Like, underdogs winning is my favorite thing of all time. So I'd give Amazing Race an 8. Joe. Not bad. Not bad. What about you? I'll, uh, better, or I'll rate it against something, another reality show that I haven't watched a lot of, but I've known as equally 
long as the amazing race as far as its existence so it's kind of been i i consider both these part of american culture you can't be around for 30 plus seasons and not be part of american culture and that is mtv's the challenge which has been featured on the show before (laughs) yeah it's very similar in the way yeah yeah they are somewhat similar shows or at least uh grew to be similar shows i i don't think the challenge in earlier seasons is as comparable to the amazing Shout out race to dustin yes come on back but uh that show you know the bad thing is it's these stars of mtv in it which kind of adds this kind of either you love that or it's kind of gross layer to it because like you were saying with the social media seasons of the amazing race well, imagine if every season was essentially the social media stars because they're like, oh, yeah, we, we do yeah. the reality TV pipeline thing. So all these people. But as the seasons go on, it seemed really interesting and genuinely challenging in the way The Amazing Race is. And what I really loved about the show was the deceitful elements of it and how the teammates could fuck each other over. And that's, I loved that. If we want to go watch, go watch that episode. I loved conflict, them screwing each other over and being villains. Uh, but I still wouldn't watch it, uh, anymore. (laughs) So it's like a six out of 10. (laughs) I'm never going to watch the challenge again, despite that. The amazing race. Oh my God. I couldn't even believe what they were making these people do. Like the physical things, when you're talking about how your 411 frame would have to push barrels across Dubai or something, like, <laughs> like I, I certainly couldn't do any of the physical challenges. And if I could, I wouldn't be able to do the one the next day. I'd be destroyed. I couldn't believe what they were making these people do. And yeah. that to me was really interesting. It's, it seems like a really fun show, uh, but I'll also give it a 6 out of 10. Um, but I'm going to give it an extra point and boost it to a 7 out of 10 for what you spoke on earlier about uh, that that whole thing of knowing that team was going to win at the end and that inspirational aspect because I just think that was so such a beautiful lesson that could be drawn from this sh- sh- kind of silly show a lot of people don't know about but for something so profound to be able to be extracted from that makes it a seven out of ten heck yeah that's very exciting and um yeah you better believe it that's a great metaphor most importantly Um, what about you carrie so before you gave the example i was going to in my uh virgo rising prepared notes um (laughs) i I was gonna say big brother but i will change that um, and the other reality show that comes to mind for me that I will watch sometimes is the Holiday Baking Championship on Food Network. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's some similarities in that the hosts are very memorable on both shows. Um, we've got multiple Emmy Award winning Phil on The Amazing Race. Um, I think I would fall over the day I meet Phil. Um, but you know, the hosts are really memorable on the holiday baking championship. And there's um, sometimes a team element on that show. Sometimes they have to do things on their own. There's about the same amount of contestants. Um, We know that this is themed around travel. We know this is themed around the holidays. We know when it's going to air in the year. It's very reliable, consistent TV in both 
elements. There's always two challenges in each show. And I would say, you know, the holiday baking championship, I'd probably give like a seven and a half out of 10, um, maybe an eight out of 10. And Amazing Race, in my reading, would be an 11 out of 10 no notes. Ooh, a scale breaker moment. We love it. We love love a scale breaker moment. Like when people just like, I don't care. It's the best thing that happened. That's what we want. Yeah, I mean, when I say I love it, I love it. You stalk those it. people online. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to be I on the show. I, I see it in my head. I, I see us talking a year from now, two years, yeah. however long. I don't know how long these shows take or Until whatever. I can talk about it. And then you're all back on the show, and we're not even talking about what you love. We're just talking about your experiences on the show. Just the experience. Yeah, I will 100% do that. It will be your top rated episode and everyone will think I have lost my mind because I will have lost my yeah. mind after doing it. You'll be different. Race. And hopefully Steven's back co-hosting by then. Stop uh, it. For the fans. <laughs> so yeah, the fans. and we yeah. just don't hear from you. You're, you Stop. don't exist, you know no, what I mean? <laughs> I would never give you away, never. Um, yeah, let's put it out into the universe and see that beautiful future and meet it together in some time thank you so much carrie for reaching out and for bringing on this wonderful topic and for being such a cool guest really appreciate that thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it it's really fun i could talk about this all night i know i feel like this could be the three-hour episode and that would be fine but (laughs) you're poor listeners yeah (laughs) um is there anything you'd like to plug well, yeah, for sure. Definitely, if you're listening to this and you're interested, follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I'm sure those will be somewhere in the show notes. And it's Carrie Francis Official on both. You can watch me doing pretty ridiculous things and just making myself laugh um, and keep up with events and press and premieres and fun things. And you can see me right now, of course, in Poker Face on Peacock. And um, keep an eye on what I'm up to and when my writer-director debut comes out. Amazing. Amazing. Joe, what's going on with you? Oh, well, I've been working hard for real on my animated series, Robot Guy Teen Team. Uh, So follow me. Go to joecabeo.com. Find everything you need there. It's coming. Sasha's already seen some of it as of today, some rough demos. So fun. And the world's not ready. You will be ready when you're ready. And I am uh, hard at work writing my animated movie and uh, starting a new class at scriptsanatomy.com, I believe in September. Thank you, Elizabeth Salud, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening. Mm